Hi, my name is Peter Maestri and you're listening to Divorce the First Six Months. If you are someone who is about to go through a divorce or maybe you're healing from one, then you're in the right place. This conversation and the stories you're going to listen to focus on people who have gone through a divorce and more importantly, how they navigated through it. Having said that, let's get right into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Divorce the First Six Months with Peter Maestri. That's me. I'm Peter Maestri. Today, we have the pleasure of um, introducing Stacy Weimer. And Stacy Weimer is somebody who I met through Instagram and reached out, and she said yes. And I was super stoked because she has been divorced for about a year and a half now, and she has a beautiful daughter that is 16 years old. And what really captivated me to her was the way that she posts. And how um how gorgeous she is so stacy thank you so much for for joining us and for being a yes to this conversation oh of course thank you for your for your generous compliments and for asking me to be a part of it i think it's important to share our life stories um in a real and raw and transparent way my mission is to help other people um through through my experiences so if we can just put it out there um genuinely and transparently, hopefully we can impact other people's lives. So you referenced my posts and my daughter, and that's, I've been always doing that, I think, ever since I've been online, um, but now more than ever. So um, it's nice to hear that you noticed that. Um, so I'll tell you about my second marriage um, and divorce. I was married to my, my daughter's dad for about seven years, and then we um, split up for well, I was single, I guess, for about three years, dated, had boyfriends, all of that, um, met my second ex-husband during that time. Um, we started dating and we have three girls together. So he had, he has two daughters who I always say flank my daughter, like on either side. My daughter's right in the middle, less than a year apart from his two girls. So we totally had our hands full with five, six and seven year olds when we met. And, um, we blended families and had a, had a very, um, love filled, fun filled, action-packed, exciting eight years together. And it was full of um, a lot of excitement, good times, passion, um, lust. (laughs) It was a lot of physical chemistry between us that kept the relationship together. Um, And it had a, a lot of complications as marriages do, especially when you know you've probably read the stats on second marriages and blending families and co-parenting. We experienced every single um, issue that can come from that. I think. I mean, I, I have a, a plethora of them that I could talk about, but um, in addition to those daily. Um, challenges of raising children together and keeping schedules and handling exes and all of that, my ex-husband struggles with an addiction to alcohol. And it's something that I am still learning about. I've been educating myself for the past couple of years on, and I still have a long way to go. It's something I had never been exposed to in my past. And I was honestly very naive, blinded, and enabling for a lot of years. Um, And I carry my own guilt and my own things that I need to work on because of that. Um, But the complications that arose throughout our marriage because of his addiction to alcohol um, at the end just made it impossible to stay together. So we dealt with those 
issues and I helped and I uh, supported and financially, physically, emotionally, everything I could do while keeping it a big fat secret from 99.9% of the people in our lives, which I would tell others, don't do that. You know, it's an illness, just like like everything else that we struggle with, and it's too much of a burden for one person to bear. Um, So I learned throughout the last year of our marriage, especially the last six months of the marriage itself, um, some skills and techniques actually from a podcast that I listened to that was referred to me from a close friend. It's called Love Over Addiction by Michelle Anderson, and it changed my life. Um, Michelle speaks in her podcast about um, practical tips and advice that you can use every day in your home to make life better for yourself, your children, and your spouse who struggles. Um, And I started listening to that podcast late in our marriage because I started seeing another downward spiral. You know, it was kind of a cyclical thing that would happen in our household. Things would be fine and happy and healthy for a while, and then, you know, kind of get out of control and all of that. So, at the very end of our marriage, um, that's what crept back in, and it and it came in in a, a real big way. Um, he was driving our children around under the influence, and I caught him. I think three times before I did the big ultimatum. You know, what do you do? Like, I can't. I can't risk you killing someone or getting put in prison or financially ruining us again because that had already happened once from a DUI. So um, I finally put my foot down and just said, I, I can't live like this. It's too risky. It's scary. We have to do something. And I offered um, a lot of resources, ideas, help, things that I had been reading about, things that I had been learning about. And Typically, you know, it's pretty typical. I got the, you know, I got it. I, I can do this on my own. You know, no worries. I'm going to quit today. And then the next day I'd find alcohol gone out of the house and then I'd throw all the alcohol out and then he'd still find, you know, I mean, you can't control a situation like that. And I had finally learned that, that no matter how much I love, no matter how much I learned, no matter how much I wanted to help, all that I could really do. Um, was control my own actions and um, help my daughter. Um, so I there came a point um, in the, at the very end of our marriage that I had to pull my daughter in and tell her. She had no idea. I mean, she had no idea that this was even going on in our own home. I think it probably made some sense, you know, in retrospect. Um, but I, I had to tell her, about his struggles because I didn't want her to get in a car with him. And so I had the con- the initial conversation and um, I was not allowed to have the conversation with his ex or his children. So I, I worried about that, you know, day in and day out because I couldn't give them a heads up. I felt as though I couldn't, I should have anyway, but I didn't. And, um, he eventually, you know, offered up to go talk to our pastor. He offered to go. Um, um, I I set up an appointment with an addiction specialist um, for myself 
And he ended up kind of crashing my appointment at the end of the day. But I was I was still glad that he went. Um, we were things were really tumultuous at the end because he hated me. He hated me for trying to get him to quit drinking. And he he's one of those people that he he's always acknowledged. He knows that he has an issue. Um, it's documented, you know, multiple times over. But but he's you know, it's sad because it's, um, I can't even say it's a stubborn thing. It's a, it's an alcohol addiction thing that he, that he, um, refuses, you know, the help. It's just a, it's just a sad, sad thing. And so at the end of the marriage, he, um, we went and talked to our pastor, young guy, tons of love for this man. Like it's one of the only men I have seen my ex, um, form a real friendship with and really kind of admire and look up to. And this guy is like, you know, several, almost 10 years younger than my ex-husband. Um, but he's calm and poised and a great listener. And so he offered to go meet with him, you know, to discuss this. And I knew that that wasn't enough, but it was, an, it was the first step that he was willing to take. So we went to the church together. We met there, I think, and we sat in the office um, with our pastor at the time. And, um, you know, my ex just kind of spoke up and said, well, this is why we're here. You know, I have this issue and he's, um, my ex is handsome. He's smart. He is incredibly charming. And with all of that comes a very sophisticated manipulation level. And he, um, he's dressed great. He's kicked back. He's like relaxed. And he's like, Hey, you know, I mean, this is going on in our home. I admit it. I know I've got this plan in place. I'm gonna, I'm, you know, I've, I've got it. I've got it to where I'm just not going to drink anymore. And I'm willing to, you know, go to therapy and, and whatever. And I'm like, uh, I lost my ever loving mind. I started yelling in the basement of our church because I was so frustrated. Um, I told him because I had just been in the car with him a couple of days earlier and he was he was driving under the influence with my daughter and I in the car on the way to one of his daughter's events. And I didn't piece together until we got home and found all the booze in the trash can that and he passed out at you know 8 p.m. or whatever that he had actually been drunk because he's he's like a. He's a good drunk. Like he's fun. He's nice. He like keeps it together. Like he doesn't stumble. He doesn't slur, but his driving was off. And I thought it was because of, um, I knew he was tired and he had a cold and he was on medication. And so even this is how naive I was. I'm not kidding. We're driving and he, he hops a curb on a roundabout, like runs over it. It's like, five o'clock in the evening. You know what I mean? Like, like work is barely even over. And I'm like, are you okay? What's going on? And he's like, oh man, I'm just tired, whatever. And I totally dismissed it, you know, but anyway, it's like hindsight. And now I look back on all of these events and everything in our lives. And I was like, holy shit, like all of it. I mean, he wasn't there for any of it. It was inebriated pretty much the whole time, I think. Um, 
but anyway, in the church basement, when he's, you know, casually very poised, you know, talking about his issues or our issues, um, I just lost it. And I, I was like, do you understand that I caught you? If you had been pulled over by a police officer, you would go to prison. Three strikes, you're out. Our finances would be wrecked. Our children want to go to college. We have cars to pay for. We have a house. We have dogs. We have stuff. That's on me. And not only that, but you could have killed someone. You could have killed my daughter and I. You could have gotten us in an accident. You know, could kill yourself. Like, this is not slight. This is this is a big damn deal. And you're over here just like, hey, I got it. I'm good. I'm under control. No, I mean, no, I finally reached that point of like huge frustration that I could see he's in denial and he's trying to convince everyone around him that he's, you know, that he can take care of this problem on his own. This conversation started because someone challenged me to be vulnerable. So I'm challenging you. Share yourself and your story. Be courageous. Be vulnerable. It makes a difference.